what up what up what up good morning it's me again and uh you are tuned in to six stones and healing bones podcast with me brooke um so this next episode i'm get ready to get into uh i'm just ready to get into it um and we're going to do it. I ain't even got no intro for y'all. <clears throat> Excuse me. I ain't even got no intro for y'all. Um, or nothing like that. So let's go. S- leaving off from yesterday, um, I told y'all that we <clears throat> got removed and we went with family. So I get to my aunt's house. My oldest sister lives there. Um, my favorite cousin lives there. And... Uh, but this wasn't the first time I've been over there, right? I used to love to go visit because, first of all, my aunt is everyone's favorite. Like, she is giving, she's kind, you know, she likes to have fun, and everyone is always over there. Um, everyone's always over there out of our family. So, I already knew what kind of environment I was entering. Um, I get there, and then things are great, like... I'm trying to bond with my older sister because I didn't really know her anymore because when um when we was with my mother, you know, she would rarely visit or whatever, but she's so beautiful and my cousin was so beautiful and you know, then you had me, <laughs> busted, disgusted and ugly. You know, that's what I knew about myself. Everywhere we would go or we would walk, you know, my sister and my cousin would get compliments, you know, um and then, you know, they would look at me and I would look at them, and they would look at me <laughs> and just dip off, you know. So it wasn't nothing new to me. Um, so whatever, whatever. It wasn't nothing new to me, no way. Um, you know, my aunt would never physically abuse me. Um, and she would never verbally abuse me. But there were definitely emotional abuse around, for sure. It was emotional abuse, for sure. And uh, and this may piss some people off, but I got to do what I got to do, right? I got to heal, baby. So, shit. One thing um, my aunt didn't do was play about her kids. Like, she showed everybody that she was protective over them. And I had never seen that in my life. So much so, you know, that it would seem like competition between, you know, her children and, and, and you. You know what I'm saying? Um... And definitely, to me, it, it definitely made me feel like that. Um, but maybe I didn't understand, but maybe I did. But, um, like, for example, like, she might say, well, you can't outdo this better than such and such, or you can't be this way because my kids have already done it. You know, and when I first heard that, you know, I believed it. I believed her, and um, and I didn't do it. And I lived like that um, for my stay, which only lasted for about two years right so um whenever my aunt had company you know they would come in and acknowledge my cousin and sometimes wouldn't really say nothing to me you know and this was family too you know and um sometimes and I mean my 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 cousin she's really really beautiful so she would receive the compliments and it was rightfully so I mean I wasn't even looking for none and I didn't get it either so but I remember 
at 15, I started <clears throat> um, realizing what the fuck was going on around me, right? And I sat down with my aunt and I said, I'm envious of my cousin, you know, which is her daughter. I said, I'm envious of my cousin. I said, um, and she said, why? And I said, well, because she's so beautiful. Like, everybody loves her. Like, everybody speaks to her. And my aunt's response wasn't a reassuring one to my feelings, but a look of satisfaction, a satisfaction, you know, like almost from the, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was like a look of satisfaction. Like, she was happy to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? And um, from then, like, my blood just became filled with envy. And that's an emotion, guess what, I, I still carry to this day, you know. Um, so the emotional shit continued, and uh, the competition grew stronger with myself and my cousin um, by my aunt. But I swear to God, y'all, I swear to God, my cousin has always been so humble. It was either she didn't realize the competition that was placed over us, or she just chose not to say nothing because she never had that I'm better than you attitude. Like, not ever. Like, she never thought that way. She never carried herself that way, you know, and she even started to be vocal and say, no, nah, this person can do this and this person can do that, you know, just the same way I can. Facts. Fuck with her for that, you know. Um, but at my aunt's, uh, at my aunt's house, right, my hair was done, clothes was clean, uh, you know, and I was receiving clothes and shoes vouchers, you know, every month from social services. And we used to tear Value City up. I'm Value City old. Is that mean the Value City still in, in, in Baltimore? I don't know. Ain't been living there for almost seven years. I don't know. But um, getting older, my envy turned into rage. And I began talking back and feeling like, shit, I'm somebody too. I'm somebody too. You know, I, I, I can do this too. And I can do that too. You know? Um, so I'm 16 and I'm at Walbrook High. I go to Walbrook High. Well, I was at Walbrook at 15. But, yeah, so I'm 16. I go to Walbrook High. I realized I wanted to follow, you know, my mother's um, footsteps and sing, you know. Um, now, I've been singing since I was 10. And uh, at 13, I was singing to all my friends, you know, in Calverton. and was in a choir for three years. And uh, we even had a, a talent show in Calverton. I was in eighth grade we had a talent show um and I was living with my I was living with my aunt um because I had failed I had failed in sixth grade right when I was in Rodney Hikes I had failed in sixth grade because all that shit that was going on I you know I wasn't I used to um and I left that shit out the last segment but I used to um because I was getting teased so much at Rodney Hikes I used to hide under the bed when it was time for me to go to school you know, my mother was blind, so shit. Uh, she, well, she wasn't. She was partially blind. So, you know how we got, like, 20-20 vision? She probably had, like, 5, maybe 8 to 20 vision. But I was hot in the bed because I didn't want to go to school. Because I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be teased. And, you know, um, so then when I got to Calverton, that was my second year in sixth grade. Um, So, of course, I think I was, like, 
15 in eighth grade or maybe 14 in eighth grade anyway and we did a talent show and my family came out man and we tore that stage up me and um, a couple of my friends and we tore that stage up to the point where it felt like we was in a concert because like all of the kids was like running up to the stage and even before we performed like all the kids was running up to the stage and you know waiting on us to perform and screaming and hollering and you know to wisdom my music teacher he had to get on stage like look they ain't going on if y'all don't sit down so in that moment i'm like whoa what is this? This feels good. I like it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was pumped up. And um, a lot of people that with the Calvinson, they, they can tell you about that day. Uh, I was pumped. I was pumped. Um, so, yeah. So, I knew that, you know, I wanted to sing. So, at 16, right, I sung for a popular club mix artist. And all I'm going to say is my rider, my rider. Right? So, yo. But anyway, um, he was interested in me and wanted to take me to the studio. I had never been to a studio in my life. and um, But I was failing a class or two. So when I asked my aunt, she said, hell no. Right? Um, and another event, before all that happened, another event <clears throat> was um, that I ran away. I ran away from my aunt. And I can't remember, mo- I can't remember why. Um, I can't fucking remember why. And I and I just hit my uh best friend at the time just now and I asked, I said, Why the hell did I run away from my aunt? Uh and she couldn't remember and I can't remember either. But um but yeah, I ran away. Um to my older sisters on my father's side. But anyway, back to this situation. Um when she said hell no, I just went outside, sat on the steps, you know, no water was thrown. <laughs> no water was thrown. <laughs> disclaimer no water was thrown but um but I sat and I cried about I cried about it and here comes my older sister like my older sister that you know was that that I was staying with with my aunt and she was like what's wrong and I told her I said I want to sing I want to go to the studio and she told me no so the next thing you know my aunt called me upstairs you know and let me have it and um and this was the first time really ever really that um she really cussed me out. And I really mean cussed me out. It was the first time. And um, I got so angry. Um, and I'm like, yo, you said no. I said okay. And I went and cried about it. What the fuck is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You know, that was the first time I cussed my aunt out too. Because um, she had it with me and I had it with her ass too. So she told me to leave. Because it got it, 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 it got so bad, <clears throat> it got carried outside, you know, I'm being disrespectful, she being disrespectful, you know what I'm saying, it got so bad that she asked me to leave, because at this point, I'm I'm passionate about singing, I'm, I want to do this, you know what I'm saying, and I know I failed some classes, but, you know, I, I make it up, you know what I'm saying, like, so the rebellious me came out, um, and, uh, and, and she asked me to leave, so I, I packed what I could, and a big, tall-ass brown paper bag. And I had a homie out uh, around the way. Because um, a, a couple of them was outside. We was always outside um, down my aunt way or whatever. And so I had a homie around the way take me down the street to where I used to live. See, my uncle with the slumlord friend, he lived one block over from from where we lived. 
from from that fucking terrible ass house. He lived one block over with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend been around for decades. And when um when I was little, well not too much little, but when I was younger, you know, my uncle girlfriend would always say, "Oh my God, you're so pretty! Oh my God, you're so pretty!" You know, I have never had anyone pump me up like that. Um, but shit was already stored in my head, you know, so I never even believed her. And she always spoke to everyone like that, literally. So, um, but it didn't mean she didn't mean it. But anyway, I went to her house and, you know, she was hot with the whole situation. Like she was mad as shit. Like, why, why would this happen? You know what I'm saying? Like she was hot. Um, so we call my social worker and I stayed with her. I stayed with my um, uncle girlfriend for the, for the weekend. You know, my uncle had split up with us, so he wasn't even there. And this was like 06. So Monday came and I was placed in a group home. This was going on all this was all going on while I was attending Walbrook. And I know um, I'm almost certain that uh, none of y'all even knew um, that I stayed in a group home for a week until they found me a foster home. Well, they found me a foster home. And uh, when I got there. I loved the lady. Like, as soon as I got there, like, she showed me so much attention and so much love, man. She had a husband and two grown kids who was cool, bro. So cool. Like, you know, I was there for three days until uh, my big head ass foster sister, uh, <laughs> until she came. She was a a, a new um, child. She was 13 years old, a bobblehead ass, bobblehead little thing. Like no, sister, I love you. Um, but she was a foster kid. Um, she was a foster kid too, and we was one big happy family. And uh, it didn't hurt that she would let me do, would let me run wild. It didn't hurt she let me do what I wanted to do. And eventually, I was able to um, go to the studio. Man, I was in the studio. Of course, it was like a house studio, but it was a studio, and it's my first time ever recording. I, I didn't go with with the, my rider cat because um, I think he moved on by then. But um, I was going to another studio and shit, making music, sixteen, loving it. You know, going to Walbrook, going to school, you know, doing what I need to do or whatever. And I, and I was loving that. That that was making me happy. Um, Oh, and a quick update on my siblings before we move forward. Um, my uncle, who took my three younger sisters, the one under me and the two babies, his wife put two of them out, right? He put two of them out. So my sister under me went into foster care. And the baby sister before the last one, she took the Shepherd Pratt. Again, uh, that was a mental institution. Um, she dropped her ass off because she thought she was crazy. And she was only nine. So at nine years old, my sister spent some time in Shepherd Pratt. <laughs> uh, once my sister was released, she also went into a foster home. And my uncle's wife kept uh, my baby sister, the last one, child, last child, number seven. She kept her. Uh, my brother, who my uncle got, who had the cool girlfriend that let me stay, uh, they put him in a foster home too. And my baby brother stayed stuck in a group home uh, about an hour or two away. So five of us now 
was in a foster home, was in foster care. After two years of being with family, and some of them after one year of being with family. So so I guess my mother had it right about us. Uh, anyway, back at the ranch. <laughs> my new foster home, uh, my foster mother found out that uh, I did hair really good. And I got really good with this hair shit. So I started doing hers and her husband's hair. And I'm going to speed this up because I hate this part. So uh, so one day, I was asleep in my bed. And my foster sister, she you know, she was she was gone. She would spend time out at her family's house. Uh, my foster mother, um, she had crazy hours at work. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what she did. Uh, nothing bad though. Just don't want to, you know, ex- expose people again. I don't have no, I don't have no money, baby. I don't have no money, baby. No, not for nobody. I'm not saying no names or nothing. <laughs> um, and uh, she wasn't there, and the grown kids was always gone. So that morning, I woke up to the husband sitting on my bed. All right, and he was trying to pull the covers off of me in a plane, but continuous serious matter and I will pull them back on and he will pull them back off and unfortunately y'all know the rest at this time um y'all know the rest uh legal situations but um at this time my mother had herself a one-bedroom apartment she had she had she my mother moved on boy she moved on and um she had a one-bedroom apartment so I ran away there um and she called the police and both the police and detectives came to my house, and I went to the hospital. A kit was done, and bye-bye, he went. Okay? Uh-huh. And I hated life. I was trying to figure out where I went wrong. Where I went, where did I go wrong in life? What is happening? Anyway, my social worker placed me in another foster home. This time, an older lady. No husband, just her and another foster child. <clears throat> who was already there. And this lady was okay. Nosy as hell. Tell all your business, but okay. Uh, after leaving my first foster home, I dropped out of school. And um, I was going to get my GED. So anyway, I was at the mall one day and saw one of my friends from Cowards in Middle um, performing. And this radio personality and her lawyer approached me after my friend had asked me to sing and y'all know I sang loud so they were like you're just 16 and I'm like yeah so they immediately started working with me right um and they had a friend in New York that worked at Rough Riders you know DMX and Eve and all those good people rest in peace DMX um and I was going to record my first real studio song at 16 but because I was still in foster care um, the the Department of Social Services had to approve for me to go out of out of state, and it felt like forever for them to approve it. Uh, but they did. Oh my God, I'm 16. I'm on my way to New York City to record my first single at a professional studio. This is this is it, like, and it was great. Um, and I and I almost felt like it was worth getting put out my aunt's. Uh didn't put out my aunt's house. I felt like it was worth it. It was all worth it at that at that point. Um but when I came back, 
things was working my my nerves with this lady man that I was staying with and um but she loved and she listened to the radio personality which became my manager that I was working with so much that whatever I had to do musically I could do with her permission so um that was great that was the that was a perk <laughs> so I stayed at my foster home for a little over a year <clears throat> and they had a um a age out option um, just as long as you was 17 or older. Well, baby, I was 17. Okay. And I was ready to go. Um, so I went, I went for it. I went after it. Like, and that was a dickhead idea. Like that was a dickhead idea because I should have stayed and used the system, but singing what singing was going great. And, um, and I was tired of, uh, staying with strangers. Um, I wanted out. So, November we went to court um and the judge aged me out um but they put a time limit on it I think I, I think they said that you know I had to leave in January or maybe February or whatever after they approved that shit so it wasn't an immediate um I didn't leave immediately so um I went to uh stay with my oldest sisters uh, on my father's side my father's daughters the same one that I ran away uh, to a year prior. And I wasn't really vibing with the environment. Probably stayed for like three months, maybe. Because when, yeah, I just told you when the court granted me. Um, but anyway, one of my oldest sisters, oldest sisters, hooked me up with a job at Pop Bellies. Um, I'll be I'll BWI at 18. And there I was uh, reunited with a high school friend of mine who, who worked there. Not at Pop Bellies, but in the airport. Who later became my boyfriend of four years, and and, and we're getting that. Um, but before that, uh, I left my sister's house and was offered by my uncle to uh, live with him in Miami. And this uncle, he stayed far away. Um, he always, always lived out of town uh, for the most part, so... And I was like, shit, I don't have nowhere to stay. I don't have nowhere to live. So, shit, I'm fresh out the system. You know, music wasn't all that steady. It slowed down a little bit. And I asked my music manager, you know, could I stay with her? And she said no. So I hopped on the uh, Miami deal. I hopped on that. And uh, and my manager, she was so mad. She was so mad. But, like, oh, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm telling you my situation. I'm, I'm telling you what's going on. Um, so I, um, I went on to Miami. I, I quit the pot bellies job, but, but, um, people, I feel like people fuck with me a lot at work, you know, in a, in a good way. So, um, I was able to leave and then, uh, I'll tell you what happened after that, after this story. Um, I was able to go back. I was able to go back when I came back. Okay. Whatever. I'm talking in circles. Here we go. So I took the Miami deal. And, um, and, uh, so I, so I get to Miami and we, I'm coming as a package deal. Cause my two cousins, a boy and my girl cousin who I was staying with, um, uh, at my aunt's, uh, we all went down and we all 18 and 19 thinking we were going down to Miami to live our best life. And man, as soon as we got there, 
my uncle was like, do y'all got y'all birth certificates and social security cards? And oh no, oh no, my two cousins said, oh no, we gone, right? But see, they had somewhere to go when they when they decided that, you know, they didn't want to fuck with what my uncle had going on. They had somewhere to go, both of them. But I didn't. I didn't have nowhere to go. Um, so, of course, I had to stay. And it was the saddest day of my life. We took them to the airport, and I cried my ass off. I did not want my cousins to leave me. Because I've never lived with my uncle before. And even though he stayed away, once you got my family blood in you, nigga, you crazy. Just like us. Just like us. And that is so fucking true. Because... I'm here in Atlanta. I left, and I'm still kind of crazy. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I still have that. I still have that. Um, that blood in me, and, and and of course I can change it. You know, I gotta want to change it. One, gotta get you some therapy too. You know what I'm saying? And and that way, you know, it makes it less less uh difficult. But yeah, so um, I cried my ass off when they left. Left. But I had expressed to him, like, yeah, I'm trying to pursue a singing career. But I will also obtain a job so that I can help out. I can help you out around here. Boom. And I did just that. I um, I got a job at Boston Market in Miami. And uh, and when I was off, I was doing my musical research. Because um, in Miami, I didn't know anybody but my uncle at that time. And so um, I called record labels and slip and slide answered. And this girl that answered turned out to be my friend for life. Like to this day, this is my baby. This is my girl. She 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 gave me uh, a chance um, just because, you know, I sent her my music and shit. But um, I called my friend. Well, I called a girl, you know, who's my friend now. And um I sent her my music and and she told me to come down to the label. And this is 2009. So Rick Ross and Plies and Trina, they all signed to him, right? All signed to him, all 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 big, you know, all out there. And um so I get down there and and I meet and I meet people, you know. And I was there every day. And boom, a connection for life. Or so I thought. So my uncle tells me you know, you need to enroll in school, in college, because I had already obtained my GED, y'all. Whoop, whoop. I already got that, right? So, um, and I said, college? I don't have nothing I'm interested in in, in, in college. And I told you I wanted to sing. And he like, no, nah, in this house, you're going to work, and you're going to go to school. And I'm like, what? So, rebellious, bro rebellious Brooke in five four three two one nigga I'm 19 I still did everything you asked me to do so Unc wanted to fight oh yeah he wanted to fight he put his hands on me but I ain't no slouch so we fighting so let's go I'm like hey I'm you know what, what up what up we fighting I'm I'm like um I'm like here we go again like DMX for us like here we go again here we go again with this shit. Here we go again with this. Here we go. Like, what's up? I said, do I have like a, a sign on my forehead that says, hi, 
I like to be abused. Do I have that on my shit? You know, because and this what I and, and I'm go back to I'm gonna go back to my aunt. Like none of my family fucked with my aunt's children because she sat there and she protected those kids. Do you think my uncle can put his hands on my cousins? No, no, he cannot. He will get his ass beat. He will get his ass beat. And God rest his soul. All of my uncles are dead. God rest his soul. All of my uncles are dead. But see, I'm still living. I got to speak my my truth in this. So again, this ain't no disrespect to nobody. This ain't no disrespect to the dead. This ain't no disrespect to none of that. Right? But I got to I got to I got to speak up. So, yeah. Everybody know not to not to fuck with her kids. You know, so now I got to take, now I got to protect me. Now I'm I'm in survival mode here. I got to protect me because now you're not about to fucking put your hands on me. I'm done with it. You don't know what I came from. You stayed away. You stayed away. You don't know what I came from. And nah, everybody getting cracked. Doesn't matter. Right? You hit me, I'm going to hit your ass back. So we get, we in there scrapping. We getting the fighting, you know? And, um, <clears throat> and uh, when we were done, I done ran away from his ass. But this time I'm in Miami. So I don't know what the fuck I'm getting myself into. And it's dark, right? And I'm like, yeah. Nah, let me get my dumb ass. Let me let me let me let me uh take my dumb ass back in there. You know, let me let me let me go. Let me go back. Right. Let my dumb ass go back. And and it was funny because right after I said that to myself, he called and said, Bring your dumb ass back. Hey fucking yo. Hey yo. Yeah. So, um, I went and I coexisted with him and, uh, eventually he came around a little bit because, um, I was doing what the fuck I wanted to do at this point and I love singing. And that's really when I, when I, when I say I was doing what the fuck I wanted to do, I was doing all of the singing things. You know, I, I wasn't even wrapped up in no guys. I, I wasn't, I wasn't hanging out, you know, at the clubs and I wasn't doing any of that. I was focusing on perfecting my craft doing what I love everything was music right and I guess he he saw that you know and it made him change his mind just a teeny bit you know um so um I love singing so much and back then um everyone I knew tried to throw a roadblock to stop me um that's what it felt like you know what I'm saying because I was really good. Were they afraid that 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 I would I would make it and be better than than them? I don't I don't know what it, what it was. Um, Cause I mean, it can't just be like, oh, I wanted you to to graduate because you know I, I was failing the class. You know, I was failing classes and shit, and still turned around and still got my GED. And right now I'm in college, so. I hope I'm making my uncle proud with this college shit because I'm in it. But anyway, uh, I just didn't understand why, you know. So he uh, he came to only one of my shows in Miami and I was performing at uh, the late Mexican icon Selena's brothers, though, nightclub. (laughs) So uh, when I got off the stage, he said, good job, man. Good job. And, um, but he, he, uh, I feel like he really didn't feel like that because a week later 
he told me I had to leave and uh, I had to go back to Baltimore. So there's my dreams. And damn, my mother was right still. Uh, I believe we were unbearable. Um, yo, yeah, I guess we were unbearable because everywhere we went, we went, you know, we were asked to leave or, you know, just people couldn't take it no more. So in my head, in my mind, in 19, I'm like, damn, I see why. I see why my mother got rid of us. Like, we'd be fucking up. Um, but no, we really wasn't fucking up. You know, just people just put their issues on us. Um, again, because that's how they were treated when they were kids, you know. That's how my family was treated when they was kids. So, instead of breaking the cycle, instead of receiving help, you know, they just lived lived life. They lived on, and, and the way that they do things, again, is, is fucked up. But, um, and with the emotional abuse, <clears throat> now the last three segments are telling you about physical abuse, but... The emotional abuse, it takes a toll on you, too, in a major way. Um, because I started looking for validation in people. I started to feel like, well, if you didn't like me, and if you didn't compliment me, and if you didn't even acknowledge me in a room, you know, I got to make you do this. How can I make you do this? And not realizing that, if I had to make somebody do something, well, it ain't genuine. If I have to seek and look for you to just be kind, you know, to me, then it's not genuine. <clears throat> and it affected me in friendships. It affected me in friendships because, you know, to this day, I'm still struggling with the idea of I got to keep my friends happy, right? So I got to do whatever I need to do to receive the validation and I have to do whatever I need to do to get them to like me. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's buying you stuff or taking you out to lunch or calling you and checking on you. And then I don't get anything in return, which is fine. But I, I'm just looking for your validation. I'm looking for your acceptance, right? And so, yeah, emotional abuse fucks you over. It really does. Um, but... I will say this, this podcast that I'm doing, right? A lot of a lot of my family feel like, oh, she needs grieving counseling or oh, she needs counseling. Well, motherfucker, this is the counseling right here. This feels good. This feels good to me. This is relieving a lot of stress off of me. This is this is, you know, because I never had a chance to really go into depth of my life and talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I will um seek further therapy because I want to not bury my childhood but I want to get work through my childhood um even though I'll be 32 in January whoop, whoop. I want to get through my um I want to get through my childhood so that I can um so I can grow through it and glow through this shit you know what I'm saying um yeah yeah I feel really good about it um and uh so this story is to be continued as well. Uh, tomorrow is my husband's birthday. So, um, I'm going to holler at y'all next week. So, y'all got to look for the, the next episode next week. And please share if you can. If you can share while while you're listening. Um, 
still getting some really good feedback about it and um thank you so so much for listening and have a great weekend and uh i will be talking to you next week so stay tuned peace